Please be turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I see the cutest row right in the middle on this side. Hello, Goics. I love the masks. You guys are adorable. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 8. And Neil has provided for those at home as well as those here uh, a list of the sermons that we're going to be using. This uncomplicates things a lot as we try to get the message and the Zoom and all that coordinated. Instead of throwing sermon slides up, we're going to provide the references, and they will be there, and so you'll know where we're going. Um, so that that's your handy-dandy. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when something goes back to the past? Retro, yeah, it, it's a retro look. There we go. First Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 8, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection, maturity, completeness comes, the imperfect, immature, incomplete disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We're quick to mention that the greatest of these is love, which is true, because as Eddie has taught us, it's all about the love. But... That doesn't mean we should neglect the other two, faith and hope. Paul says, different from all the things that are temporary or perhaps even transitory, these three remain, not just love. Prophecies, miraculous tongues and knowledge, that's impressive stuff. But it's going to pass away. These three will outlast all of those. We focus a lot on love, and that's appropriate. We certainly need a better understanding and living out of love, but maybe a part of developing that is through faith and hope. Could it be that Paul didn't just arbitrarily pull these three out of a hat? In what was probably the first letter that Paul ever wrote to a church that he was only at for about three weeks, the church in Thessalonica, we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. If you'll turn there with me, 
1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. We always thank God. What a great way to start a letter. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. It just keeps getting better. We continually remember. We didn't just remember once and then forgot. No, we continually remember before our God and Father your work prompted by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Work, labor, endurance, each in some way prompted by either faith, hope, and love. I don't know about you, but my work could stand more basis in faith, my labor more prompted by love, and my endurance through these trying times more inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. But wait, there's more. There may be more to the story. More than just three independent uh, characteristics. There may actually be a progression here. These three things that last, that Paul intends for us to continually build on, continue adding faith, continue adding hope, continue adding love, but that faith comes first, and then faith uh, lays the foundation on which hope is placed. And then once the hope is in place, then that provides a context. And we're going to talk about that a lot in weeks that are coming up. But that enables us to live out that the greatest of these is love. If you struggled with that, as I have, Maybe we need to put some uh, pieces into place in order to provide the foundation for that love. Supporting Paul in that regard, the Apostle Peter certainly seems to believe that. Even though his list or progression is a little bit different than Paul's, it has the same starting point and the same ending point, but it changes a little bit in the middle. It's also a progression. And so we read in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. First of all, even before there is faith, what is there? So 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Now, as you guys get the hang of this, you'll be flipping ahead of time, see? So that once we've covered a verse, you're, you know to get ready for the next one. But I'm going to give you a special measure of grace this morning. All right, verse 3, his divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. His power has given us what we need. Some of what we need, most of what we need, everything that we need. Everything that we want? No. Everything that would make us comfortable? No. Everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him hold that thought because we're going to come back to our knowledge of him in a minute 
He's given us everything we need through his divine power for life and godliness, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great, not sort of great, his very great and precious promises, so that through them, those promises, so we have power, our knowledge of him, his glory and goodness, his great promises, so that through them, two things, you may participate in the divine nature. You can participate in the very nature of God. And you can escape the corruption that is in the world caused by desire. For this very reason, because all that God has done, all that has already happened, make every effort to add to your building block foundation stone where everything begins on our part. Make every effort to add to your faith, implying faith is the starting point. You add moral excellence or goodness. And then once that's in place, you add to your goodness. Once you continue to work on faith and you're continuing to work on goodness and those are now in process, you add to your goodness knowledge. And now that your knowledge is growing, you add to your knowledge self-control. And as those are all growing, you add to your self-control, perseverance, because self-control is tough. And so we need perseverance to maintain self-control. And to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, self-sacrificial love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, see, you don't just stop, okay, I'm done with faith now, it's time to move on. Oh no, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, so you continue to work on faith, you continue to work on goodness, you continue to work on knowledge, you continue to work on self-control. And all of this creates the character that now can love with the character of Jesus. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Earlier it was our knowledge of the Father. Now it's our knowledge of the Son. We can understand the Son better. We can Think through the Son better as we reflect His nature. And so there's a clear progression here in 2 Peter chapter 1. And I would suggest there's a clear progression there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Peter doesn't mention hope like Paul does, but he starts with faith and ends with agape love. But for Paul, hope is important. Paul sees hope as also a necessary part of maturity development. So now we turn to Romans 5, and since I gave you guys a heads up, you're ready. Your fingers are there. We're starting in verse 1. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, 
And anytime you see a therefore in scripture, that means based on everything I've said thus far, I've been building a case, I've been putting pieces into place for a logical progression. Therefore, conclusion, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. That, that, that faith stuff, whatever it is, it's good stuff. That's how we have peace with God. That's how we gain access into this good mercy and grace in which we now stand. We have been set free. How did we get there? Through faith. Now, through our Lord Jesus Christ and what he's already done, but through faith, we enter access into it. So we need to understand and appreciate faith. Period. Next paragraph. We need to understand and appreciate faith. Pause to let that sink in. Can't move on till we let that sink in. We need to understand and appreciate faith. But look where Paul goes next here in Romans 5. He says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, he's already said it in 1 Corinthians 13. He's already said it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And now in Romans 5, again, he says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What's your hope in this morning? It does make a difference. Is it in your earning capacity? Have you looked recently to see how many companies are going bankrupt? Closing their doors, not because of crummy workers, but because of an infinitesimal little virus and its impact on not just our national, but the world economy. This little virus, smaller than a bacteria, not even sure if it's a living thing, this virus has shut down economies all over the world. It's completely disrupted um, five-year plans, 10-year plans, corporate plans. Is your hope in your earning capacity? Who's right? Who's wrong? This week. Safe, reliable jobs, or so we thought. We want to blame somebody, but it's not going to bring back the jobs. Number two is your hope in your stock portfolio, your retirement pension. With Dr. Oz, I ask, not Oz, um, Dr. Phil, our, our wonderful medical professionals on TV. With Dr. Phil, I ask, how's that working for you? Stock portfolio, today it goes up 800 points, tomorrow it goes down 900 points. Uh, the next day it goes up 300 points. And it's hard to keep track of all the ups and downs, isn't it? Is your hope in your marriage? That's great and 
it's a, it's a wonderful place to hope. But the divorce rate is still hovering at 50%. So flip a coin and you can determine the odds of whether you and your spouse are going to make it just based on national averages. Now, we do a lot to try to help strengthen marriages to make the odds go up. But I don't put my hope in my marriage. I love my wife. I cherish my wife. She's my better half by far. I married way above my station. But my hope is not in my marriage. Janie Jones just lost her husband this week. It happens. Well, what about our kids? Can we put our hope in our kids, the next generation? We mess things up, but our kids will fix it, right? Really? Is that what we're seeing on the news? Great insight and wisdom from the next generation? We have in this congregation some exceptional young professionals, young families here. They're exceptional, which means they're the exception to the rule. Well, how about the global economy? You know, we're, we're moving towards a global economy, and that's going to save us all. So we put our hope in the global economy. No, stop, Bob. We get it. We get your point. Where's, what's your hope in? Paul says we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Keep reading Romans 5. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. We do what? We rejoice in our sufferings. Paul, are you nuts? Are you sick? Are you masochistic? No. Well, Maybe just a little. No, just kidding. Keep reading. He's going somewhere with this. Verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because. To rejoice just in suffering is to be sick. But to rejoice in your sufferings because is a very wise move. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. There's that hope word again. And hope does not disappoint us. Why? Why not? Why doesn't our hope in our Lord Jesus disappoint us? Because God has poured out his love. We started with faith in which brought us access into the grace in which we now stand. And hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts. Faith, hope, and love, there they are again. And he's poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. There it is again, faith and hope and love. You'd almost think that Paul believed there was a pattern here, huh? Suffering produces perseverance. Our culture recognizes this. You can go into just about any health club. The Marines wear this on their shirts. I'm fairly sure Air Force and Army do too because I've, I've heard this from them. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. 
If you're hurting, that's just the sign of weakness leaving your body. Suffering produces character. We rejoice in our suffering because suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Can you see the progression? So many progressions in Scripture once you start recognizing them. you got to have a starting point. But then once you, you launch from that starting point, there are pieces to put into place to reach a destination. As a counselor, this is what I teach. Here's where you are now. There's where you want to be. If you don't start taking stepping stones, you'll never get there. It's not an overwhelming task. It's a task you can break down into bite-sized pieces. For us to jump right to agape love, we don't have that capability. But we have the ability to add to our faith goodness, get the junk, the moral junk out of the way so that we can progress. Or that's Peter's next step. Here, according to Paul, we have faith, and then we move to hope based on our faith. And as our hope is solid, we now have a foundation on, on which to be sacrificially loving to others. Why would I do that if I didn't have hope? And how could I have hope if I didn't first have faith? I don't think we can move directly to love. We don't have the strength or the resources yet that faith and hope provide for us. May, maybe we should read 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, as faith, hope, and love, these three remain. And so you start with faith, and then you add hope. And then add the final ingredient, the icing on the cake, the, that which makes the meal superb, the perfect Finishing touch is agape love. I'd never thought about it before, but how do these three build on each other? How can we develop them in our lives? Then how do they relate to the fruit of the Spirit? The Spirit, remember the one we just read about in Romans 5, verse 5, where he says, and hope does not disappoint. Why not? Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. He's going to bring it up again in chapter 8. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And so we have the gift of the Spirit. It's promised at baptism that if we repent and are baptized, we receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does the Spirit do? What are we to do? Where do they overlap what the Spirit does and what we're to do? There's plenty to keep us busy as we come out of quarantine. Amen? So read through 1 Corinthians 13 again. Look at it maybe through a slightly different angle as you study the chapter. But also be thinking for next week about faith development what it is, how we get it, why we need it, how we can foster faith, particularly in a post-Christian culture and world. Be pondering 
What prompted faith for you? What prompted faith for you? Who helped you form your faith? Who hindered the formation of your faith? What hindered the formation of your faith? Think temptation and doubt here, but maybe also peer pressure and ungodly professors may also have contributed to you struggling with the development of faith. But also ponder on the flip side, also ponder on the flip side, what has faith prompted you? Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he said, your work prompted by faith. What has faith prompted you to do? According to scripture, what should faith prompt you to do? What daring, risky, courageous, sacrificial acts have been prompted by faith in your own life? There. Is that enough homework for everybody for one week? Will that keep you busy off the streets? I love you guys. Love you guys at home. Love you guys here. Appreciate your desire for, for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we embark on a sermon series. Oh, no, the dreaded sermon series. No, Father, I'm excited about what you're going to be doing as you help us to develop a better understanding, not just of love, and we've done a lot of that last year in particular, but how do faith and hope prepare us for love? These three remain, faith, hope, and love. Father, help us not to see faith as uh, believing in something that's not sure. Help us to see faith as being rock-solid dependent on what is definite, and that is you. Father, help us to understand hope and uh, what our hope is based on and what hope compels us to do in the weeks ahead. And Father, we will return to love because you are love. Father, this week we're going to need faith, hope, and love, and so we ask that you already um, foster these three characteristics in us, each in their own turn, each in their own way, as we go into a world that needs your love based on hope and faith. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for caring. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being our God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.